This is the best of two pros in a cup of Joe with LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, and Jonas Knox on Fox Sports Radio. This is uh, Brady Quinn, LeVar Arrington, and Jonas Knox. But see, it was months and months ago where one man stood above all else. One man stood tall and said, you know what? We need a catchphrase. We need to name every single show on a Friday. That man was Brady Quinn. Love it. Because it's a football Friday. It is a football Friday here on FSR. Let's do it, baby. You can probably sit around and say there's no football. But you can kiss Football Friday. Talking Come college on. Today. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Football Friday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, every single Friday <laughs> the entire year. With the, uh, uh. <laughs> it's, and, you know, here's the thing. I, I know he's got his hands on his hips doing, oh, like, wow. the Three Amigos uh, back oh, in the day. The Three Amigos. Oh, you remember that yeah, movie? Back in the day, Three Amigos? Oh, yeah, um, all right. So. We have got uh, a uh, now. We're going to get into the uh, the update uh, on the Super Bowl champions, the story that keeps on giving here uh, on uh, Fox Sports Radio and beyond. Uh, but we also have a, a, an interesting move that was made that could spell the uh, the future for one of the biggest stories of the off season. Uh, so the Green Bay Packers have uh, have made the move to hire um, Tom Clements, who was the former quarterback coach. He's been in retirement yeah. for a couple of years, and. Uh, he uh, he is coming out of retirement, and this is one of the guys that Aaron Rodgers really credits early in his career. I think he coached him from 06 to 2016 yep. as being very impactful in his development as a player in the NFL. And so the Packers have made the move. They're going to bring in Tom Clements, and a lot of people look at that and say, well, that must clearly be them trying to entice Aaron Rodgers to want to come back. So we now have another chapter in the saga of what is Aaron Rodgers going to do in 2022, but at least he's got his guy back at quarterback coach. So there's well, that. I can assuredly tell you this is part of the Packers all-in move to get him back because this was request number one to get back Tom Clements. Um, mm. Tom Clements is great quarterback coach. Those two have a really close personal relationship. So this would have been, uh, as far as the priority list of what Aaron Rodgers was looking for in order to come back, this might be number one. Devontae Adams is number two. You know, if they could figure out a way of working out Randall Cobb's contract, that would be number three. But that's, they're, they're starting to line everything up to appease him to try to bring him back for an additional year. And so if you look at it too, because I always say, well, okay, if he comes back again, it's not just for one year. It's probably for two. And what does that mean for Jordan Love? Because that continues to be the conversation point. But I said this, I think, yesterday or earlier this week. Aaron Rodgers sat on the bench for three years. And it wasn't until the game in Dallas where they saw him play. He had to go in for a little bit of time, or maybe it was like during a blowout. And he played well enough to the point where they were like, okay, he's got it. We feel good about where he's at. We, we can move on from Brett Favre. We, we haven't seen that from Jordan Love. But, you know, let's not forget, Rodgers also was on the bench for three years before he was then put in the position to start. Um, now, look, the, the fifth-year option has changed. That's all different now. Um, where They have to make a decision, and it's fully guaranteed after this upcoming season on Jordan Love. And, and I think the difference between the two players is Rodgers was a potential first overall pick as compared to Jordan Love, who some people didn't even have going in the first round, and they traded up to get him 
in late in the first round. So a little different scenario between how the two, you know, how it could play out for both players, even though, again, we've seen this before with Aaron Rodgers waiting to play behind Brett Favre. I have two questions listening to to that uh, uh, to that that logic. One would be how many things on the list have to be checked off for Aaron Rodgers <laughs> to want to stay in Green Bay or return to Green Bay, and then two, it, the fact that Aaron Rodgers sat as long as he did, I get it. Um, Brett Favre is who he was. I mean, he was one of the most polarizing figures, one of the most beloved or hate figures in in the game. Decide, you know, you decide what side you fought, you fell on. But a lot of people felt what they felt about Aaron, uh, uh, Brett Favre as a player. And when Aaron Rodgers, as you mentioned, took over, it was under vastly different circumstances. And I'll say the most the most glaring of differences in circumstances is the fact that the conversations about Brett Favre were not of this nature when when Aaron Rodgers was behind him. In fact, if I recall correctly, Aaron Rodgers was pretty much obscure in terms of playing until he got an opportunity to play. There were no there were no, you know, ideas or thoughts of, well, got to keep Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers can't do it. Got to do everything we have to do to keep Brett Favre here, Aaron Rodgers may not be able to do it. And I think that that has been a a very, very large part of the topics about Jordan Love. Like, if I'm Jordan Love right now, I almost feel as though, whether for good or for bad, I haven't had the chance to prove to anyone really of significance in terms of playing time if I can be that guy. But yet, the conversation seems to be totally about what Aaron Rodgers means to this team and 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 now these movements and actions to assure or try their darnness to keep Aaron Rodgers in the scenario of staying in Green Bay. And, oh, by the way, the one big factor in all of this that's way different than Brett Favre is Brett Favre wasn't coming off of back-to-back MVP years of the National Football League like Aaron Rodgers is. I just think at this point, you really got to start thinking about if I'm the front office, okay, I want to keep Aaron Rodgers if that's indeed what it is, which I think that's what it is. I think everybody thinks that's probably what it is at this point. How damaging is this to to Jordan Love? And can And can they move forward? from this with Jordan Love because I think by the day I think it's going to become harder and harder to to figure out if he's the guy for this position while Aaron Rodgers still continues to be at the MVP level that he's playing at is Jordan Love better off getting traded see I I mean I'm I'm just saying wouldn't you think if I'm Jordan Love wouldn't you want to get the hell out of there I mean especially if if, to Brady's point if they're bringing him back for a couple of years and I haven't even really got a chance outside of the one game was it at Kansas City because of the COVID issue that flared up this year with with Rodgers or testing positive outside of that I mean where's really been his opportunity to even prove he can play and and so 
I, 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 in all of this, I feel bad for Jordan Love because he was put in a terrible spot, not by his own doing. They made a move. Now they're regretting it. Now trying to show, hey, we're really, we really apologize for all that. We talk a lot about quarterbacks who are not put in great spots or don't have the best talent around him as a young player. Like he's got no opportunities. I mean, there's nothing there. And I just feel like he's kind of, you know, dangling in the wind like a guy on the side of the road taking a leak, looking around going, okay, I mean, w- what next? And, and I feel bad for the guy at this point, honestly. You know, it's funny, though, going back to the Tom Clements thing, that he almost was our head coach in Notre Dame. When, when Tyrone Willingham was fired, they came down to two uh, former alums, Charlie Weiss, who went to Notre Dame as a student, and then Tom Clements. And it was, that was down to those two. And Charlie had just you know, come off winning a Super Bowl with the Patriots, his third, as their offensive uh, coordinator. So he was the one that ended up winning out. But it was just kind of interesting to think about that. And then just how, you know, who knows how that how, – who knows how his path would have been different? And who knows, you know, how it would have impacted Aaron Rodgers' career if they had never, you know, been together from, what, 06 to 2016? Yeah. Crazy to think about. And you were um, still there, Brady? It, was my, it would have been my final two years. It was, so it would have been 04 and – uh, or excuse me, 05 and 06 seasons. Think about how it might have impacted you. Yeah. No, I mean, Jeez. I mean, look, we went to back-to-back BCS games. Um, I'm, not, I'm not saying we like maximized what we were able to do, but we had you know two really good seasons. It was just, um, it, it is interesting to kind of think about all that and how that could have worked out differently for all parties involved, you mm-hmm. know. But obviously, he then stayed in the NFL and had a very long tenure with the Packers and, and with the um, in the NFL for a while until a little break he took, I believe, after 2016, and, and now he's back. So. Okay. Think about how it could have impacted my career. I mean, golly, man, you might have, you might have ended up in Washington. <laughs> yeah, I might have had a quarterback. <laughs> well, I'm trying to think. Well, yeah, no, I was. Well, I think I was out. When, you when were you out before. Well, you you got your you tore your Achilles before I was even there. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I'm, hey, I'm just joking. Yeah, yeah, but you know, know. what? Uh, Fox Sports Radio brought us all together. How about that? How about yeah. that? How about, about that? that? I, on a football Friday, by the way. Yeah, you bet yeah. your ass. Uh, let Everything me add... had to happen the way it did. What? So that this would happen. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Come on. Yeah. 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 Before we get yeah. to break, let me just Stop ask it. you let me just ask uh. you guys this. Uh when do you think Rogers makes a decision? Like like when what when do we think in here? Is this gonna be two weeks? Is this gonna be uh you know a couple of months? Is this gonna, you know, carry on into the uh into the off season even farther? Or where, where do we I, think? I think it it's it? soon, but I also think they're gonna I think Devontae Adams wants to play with him, and obviously Aaron wants to play with Devontae Adams. I think what's going to happen now is those two are going to talk, and they're going to try to get a sense for, you know, hey, A-Rod, how, how much longer you want to be here? And I think that might be part of the, how Devontae Adams ends up structuring his deal. Because, you know, there's, there's really no pressure right now for Devontae Adams to sign a deal. You'd like him to press the envelope of – you know, that a deadline to utilize the franchise tag before Adams, you know, hits free agency, right? So that they can keep him in Green Bay. You don't want to just let him go. But if there's a, I mean, look, again, this, it's a gamble, but if there's mutual feelings between Adams and Rodgers wanting to play together and Rodgers then signs an extension, right? Because they'd have to rework his contract again unless he just played out the final year of his deal. You'd think that they'd have to sign some sort of extension for Adams to be able to make it work underneath the cap because they're going to have to make some tough cap considerations outside of Devontae Adams. So the interesting thing is I think just the position Green Bay's in 
because Rodgers has played so well, he's back-to-back MVPs, you know, everyone assumes that the tough decisions they're going to have to make is like cutting guys like Preston Smith or Zadarius Smith because their cap numbers are so high. And that might, you know, I'm not going to say it's going to appease Aaron Rodgers. I don't think he's happy with losing talented teammates and players, even though it's on defense. But those guys don't play with him right on the field. They're on the field when he's not. And I, I just think it's a, it's, a, it's a fascinating thing to think about the decisions that Green Bay is making right now because they're so centric on making Aaron Rodgers happy. And you've got to wonder if Brian Gutenkunst and Mark Murphy don't think at some point, like, hey, man, we've got to have this roster ready for Jordan Love. If they think he's going to be the guy after Aaron Rodgers, if that's even a thing, or, or how do they view this roster – even with Aaron Rodgers in the final years, like at some point if someone say, hey, dude, you can have all the guys you want to throw to, but we've got to have some defensive players too. Like we've still got to be able to have some guys on that side of the football that can get you the football back. We don't want to lose every game in a shootout. And, and so I, I kind of wonder like what that conversation is like amongst their front office right now. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Now, uh, we do have an update, guys, on the uh, Matt Stafford, uh, uh, Kelly Stafford. Matthew. Matthew. Wow. I mean, how about who cares, Stafford? How about that? Uh, Whatever his name is, Stafford. Are you you okay, Stafford? Yeah. (laughs) Water bottle, Stafford. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my Uh, gosh, Stafford. Yeah, watch the... uh, (laughs) Walk away, Stafford. Yeah, watch (laughs) the no-look pass and the no-look save for Matt Stafford. Uh, He's made famous. Famous, I don't uh, care, Stafford. The uh, <laughs> the woman who fell yeah. off the stage yeah. and it was uh, the no look than the don't look. Yes, <laughs> the woman who fell off the stage and then uh, suffered the uh, reportedly the broken spine. Uh, you know, not a good look for Matt Stafford. He just basically said, "Oh bleep," and uh, walked away. His wife was checking on the woman, but she didn't seemingly offer to uh, to jump down there and help out. Uh, she they, sat down and thought about it. Yeah, though. well, there was, least, that counts. At well, least she was she ten sat feet down. down and, yeah. Thought about it. Yeah. Yeah, that I mean, counts. Matthew Stafford looked, hit him with the OMG, took a sip and another sip as he turned and walked away from the scene yeah. of the crime. And yeah. um, so now, but but here's the thing. They are going to step up. I mean, just uh, you know, round of applause for the Stafford. Just great right. people through and through. All they're right. going to step up and they're going to help uh, cover all the medical bills uh, for the uh, for the young woman okay. uh, who, uh, who suffered the injury falling off the stage. I think the Rams are also going to chip in. So, you know, all yeah. is forgiven. Uh, throw some cash at them and, uh, and we're all good. And, and, you know, Brady, I mean, all this money must be coming out of their pocket. So I think this is just right. a great gesture through and through, correct? Well, I, I believe they're also going to pay for her photography or yes. camera equipment. Cameras. So that, that, that's nice. That stuff can be expensive. Yeah. Um, you know, here's a, here's a, <laughs> look, is it, it is a very nice gesture. <laughs> it's a nice gesture. I do wonder if, you know, if, if, if he didn't react the way he did, if they'd be doing this. No, no. And it feels like it's very reactionary, and, and and you hate to be a cynic, but I'm a terrible human being, so I'll just go ahead and throw that out there. The other thing is, is usually if you're in the profession of photography, you have insurance on all of your equipment for incidents like this, and so you know you you probably already have that covered and paid for. I, I assume again, maybe not the case here, but I assume. And then that young woman probably also has insurance. 
So, you know, what out-of-pocket costs is she really going to pay after she meets her deductible? I hate to be a cynic, but I'm like, it sounds great, but, like, I don't know what her deductible is, but if it's not that high. I mean, it's the beginning of the year. Maybe she hasn't paid that much, but it might be a, you know, a grand or a couple grand, and it's like, all right. I mean, I know there's, and there's some people out there who don't even feel like they, you know, have to do this, but it does seem like it's reactionary to – how Matthew Stafford reacted, not so much his wife. You just ride with it. If 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 that were me, I'd just ride with it. Like, I was intoxicated. <laughs> I had a moment. I will issue this. I'm sorry for reacting the way that I did because it was, it was not becoming of who I am as a person. I think you're 100% correct. It, it it totally is an admission of your guilty conscience as to how that incident applied to you and maybe even more so how it applied to your wife because they might not have attacked Matthew Stafford the way they may be attacking his wife and, and that all being based off of transgressions in the past, right? Like decisions that she has made in the past has made her someone of of interest in the social media's the sphere so well she's got a podcast right yeah. that's part of it yeah. like she's she's, de- she's decided to step across the lines where it's kind of fair game yeah yeah and she throws I, food I think, I think in terms yeah she does um and 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 that's you know i mean her husband throws and, and won a super bowl so they yeah. they're throwers i mean it is what it is <laughs> yeah. and now they're and now they're throwing out uh a a a nice a nice uh um, what is this called? Is this a branch? Is this an olive branch they're throwing at? They're throwing something again. A lot I, of cash. I, I I find it hard to believe, which it doesn't matter to me. Like, if if it, if they're genuine or not, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But I find it to be kind of, you know, kind of sketchy in terms of it's, in the genuineness of, of genuine columns. Right? Have you guys seen the uh, latest on the uh, camera woman? Uh, so people have gone back in her Twitter history and found uh, some uh, questionable tweets from, like, 2013 that she sent out and now they're all saying oh well i mean now maybe they knew something you know like maybe that's why so they've now gone back almost a decade to see nine years ago yes, yes that is happening how old's the woman uh she, she's i think she's older um i mean i don't want i don't want to say that because then somebody's but, gonna but, but, but that's what i'm saying is like let's say the woman is 30 now so you're talking about when she was in college when she's 21 it, it's it, well can you imagine all the dumb stuff people say at that age welcome to tw- welcome or to twitter yeah, it's, yeah that was back when i had the body you know how many dumb oh, things yeah. i did back then big time yeah man <laughs> don't judge me for for my you, college you jumped days. over an entire offensive <laughs> Look, line the, oh, the, and i was jumping over other lines too brady yeah. quinn Whoa, okay. yeah yo hey and yeah. pause yeah. all right let's not, not move not, forward not, with that well, not, those, yeah. not those lines not the lines yeah. that you got i was gonna say i do remember jeff smoker who was the quarterback from michigan state <laughs> yeah they, no, had a, no, no. they had a game canceled because apparently he blew all the lines off the field that, that's that was just what i heard at oh. a pep <laughs> Oh my God. No, not those, not those type of. Lines. Was that your era? Wasn't that your era at Michigan State, Jeff Smoker? Smoker, I'm older than him. I'm older Are than you? Those guys. I'm oh old, gosh, man. I'm 43. I'm I don't 43. know. I think maybe that was your last year. I don't know. No, Burke, 
Bert, uh, Burke, was it? Burke? I this, I that sounds remember. right. That sounds right. Yeah, Jeff Smoker. Um, Smoker was there let's after see. Me. Jeff Smoker blowing lines off the field. Yeah, You're I so haven't stupid. seen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, something's come up. Uh, but again, look, I mean, I, it still uh, wouldn't justify him getting hurt the way that she got hurt. Like, I mean, let's be honest. Well, like, yeah, but that's but know. but this is this that's is Twitter. the pro. Yeah, that's that's, that's the problem. Well, and yeah. look, Twitter was on fire for, last night for other reasons. But by, by the way, you yeah. know what that is? That's one of those distraction tactics from. Now, don't stop focus on the Staffords here. Let's right. focus on the the woman and her history and who she. It's like okay, what does that have to do with anything? It, I mean, the truth of the matter is, it's not like the Staffords pushed her over the no, ledge. No, but, but he looked like so, an a hole. Like, like right, that's the, I get, that's I the get whole that. Point. I get that. It's still a nice gesture, nonetheless. Even it's re, even if it's reactionary, and even if it's like you know five hundred bucks or a thousand bucks, whatever it is, depending on her insurance. Can, but can it's I just. Ask you? The whole right, thing just gets blown out of proportion. Can I ask you guys this? Yeah. Yeah. Is there the possibility that maybe the staffers, after thinking about it and watching it, were like, man, she was taking pictures of us, and we just kept walking her, and she was snapping, and we were walking her, and she was snapping. I mean, did not one of them think to say, hey, that stop. Hey, 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 man. Like, Can I just say this? Hey, up hey let me it's... tell you something. That's not the worst thing in the world. Dan Orlovsky's made a career out of it. So, I mean, come on. <laughs> know, where you, know where the out of bounds is, for Christ's sake. <laughs> I mean, the, not one of them thought to say, hey, the stage is about to run out, lady. Okay. Um, so, you know what happens from here, right? You know what happens from here? I would not be shocked if there's not a lawsuit against the company that set up that stage. Because that's how America oh, yeah. works. There's going to be a lawsuit. There's going to be now this, this whole conversation about, well, why were there not like guardrails up? Why was it just an open yeah. stage where you could fall like that? I swear to you, you're going to hear that or see that at some point because it's America. That's how it works. No one says maybe she should have been more aware of her surroundings. Or like, for example, when you walk up onto a stage with no railing, you should probably be thinking in your head, I, I should be off. careful of falling <laughs> off. Yeah, because that's what America is. We have, we have removed all accountability and responsibility in our lives for our decisions. It's like we're a bowling ball, all right? And America is like, oh, no, we got to put up the bumpers because God forbid we let you go in the gutter if you make a bad decision or, you, <laughs> or you're not paying attention. We put up our bumpers and we just bounce back and forth. We just bounce back and forth before we knock down some pins, man. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller, along with my trusty sidekick, David Gascon. Would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of The Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Look at this. Jim Harbaugh 
How about that? He is back, folks. He is back at in Ann Arbor with Michigan. Uh, all the flirtatiousness with the Minnesota Vikings that blew up in his face. Uh, Jim Harbaugh is back. The numbers are out on the contract. Uh, he gets a new reworked five-year deal with Michigan. Uh, it's going to pay him a little over $7 million a year. Uh, he was making about $8 million, and then he took the haircut last year to go down to four. So he's back up to the $7 million range on a five-year deal. So Jim Harbaugh back in Michigan, not where he was at contract or salary wise uh, before the pandemic, but it is an increase based on uh, his best season as head coach, uh, the win over Ohio State, the college football playoff berth. Uh, so to me, this just means that Jim Harbaugh is going to be at Michigan forever. We're all good here, Brady. Everything is, is set in stone. Harbaugh's back and Michigan is golden. We're good. Well, maybe I misread uh, some of the details from the contract. I, I was under the assumption that the way that they described the, the deal, <clears throat> excuse me, the deal is that it, it basically got him back to where he was pre-COVID and, and before last season where they, they basically said, we got we to have you take a haircut. This hasn't worked out the way we thought. So my understanding of the contract is it gets him kind of right back to where he was, where when he was one of the top paid coaches in college football before he took the haircut because of quote-unquote COVID, but really the lack of much success against Ohio State, or at least in the postseason, even though, again, you know, getting to the playoff I think was the first step. Now it's how do you, you, know, how do you take off from there. You know, it just – this is – you know, maybe the Minnesota interview was just this, trying to provide and force leverage. It seems like nowadays if you're up in the air about something – that's like the most powerful position you can be in as a coach or as a player. We've talked this entire week about whether it's Sean McVay or Aaron Donald or anyone else who's, whether it's going to retire or move into a broadcast booth uh, or people like Aaron Rodgers looking elsewhere and using that as leverage to get what he wants in Green Bay. It's just that's how people exercise leverage. And this is an instance where, yeah, maybe Jim Harbaugh was genuinely interested in the Vikings. But it seems like it was more of a, no, I have to go there and interview in order to force you to give me back to what I had before when you made me take a haircut because you didn't see the long-term vision of what we were building at Michigan. It certainly is going to raise the stakes for this season. It's, it's, and maybe, see, well, I'll say this season. It'll be the most important season for Jim Harbaugh and for Michigan football for the simple fact that it did play out the way that it did, and it played out publicly, and and it played out in a way where people knew, or at least it, it it's easy to assume as to why Harbaugh did what he did, and so now that that could create tension. Put it to you this way: the one thing about fans, they're on your side. The one thing about employers, they're on your side until the results are impacted, right? So if if Michigan doesn't have a season that matches or exceeds the bar that they created this year, Jim Harbaugh will continue to feel the pressure and the strain of not having a season to that, that level of, of achievement. And And one would say there's probably added pressure and stress as to how those seasons go or those moments where you lose a big game or you lose a game maybe that you shouldn't have lost and and he doesn't have he doesn't have that grace 
if you ask me. Like in these type of scenarios, when you play your hand this way, you're not going to receive the grace that you would had you been, you know, I guess handling it in in a different manner. You know, there's there's ways. He's, he's on a short it. leash. We, we yeah, put it that way. Yeah, I mean, you, I mean, I, I would, especially being at Michigan. I mean, he was already feeling the pressure of having not beat Ohio State since getting there, and so now to create the standard by by like I'll say this: the biggest, probably the biggest. I don't, I don't want to say it was a mismove. I mean, I think he did what he needed to do and felt was best for what he needed to do. But I think the biggest misstep is to kind of handle it the way you did after such a feel-good story of a year, of a season. I did not see Michigan being this good this year. I, I, I thought that they were going to be pretty good. I knew that they had a, a really good uh, defensive end tandem. I thought that they were going to be okay, but I wasn't sure where, how they were going to be at quarterback, the different positions. I just didn't think that they would be the team that would emerge from the Big Ten. I thought it would either be Ohio State or, yeah, maybe, maybe you know, naively enough, I thought it would be either Penn State or, or Ohio State that emerged. And there was a possibility that, that Iowa would be the team that did it, but not Michigan. So now you come off of that, all that positivity, and you take that positivity and you took it away. You took the season's positivity away by acting as though or leaning towards or seemingly heading back to the NFL. So he's going to have to navigate that. The whole thing, his handling of it, I, I think he butchered it completely. And and I can't help but think if I'm people at Michigan, whether it's fans, whether it's administration, look, they're happy to have him back because he's been the best coach they've had in a long, long time since Lloyd Carr, to be honest with you. But I can't help but think that that administration and the fans in Ann Arbor are kind of giving him the side eye like, really? Like, uh, like, like, th- like, that's how we were playing this. Like, that's like how you, you asked, were... you asked shorty girl to the prom. Yeah. She told you no. So now you're going to come back and say, okay, it was always you. Like, I, I just, I, I think this puts even more pressure on him. And we've talked about this before. If you don't think Ohio state's going to be up for that game against Michigan next year, based on the celebrations and, and all the stuff they heard about. I mean, it, it like if I were to, if I were to ask you Brady right now, what do you think the betting line is? Ohio state hosting Michigan next year, easily double digits. And I don't even know who's on the roster for either team, easily double digits. I'll say Ohio state's favored. Based on what happened last year. Well, I don't know about like double digits. I think a touchdown's probably fair. I I don't even know how much it has to do with what happened last year. I think it's really what has what happens to do with what they lost. They're they're three best defensive players in Aiden Hutchinson, David Ajabo, and Daxton Hill. They gone. They might all be first round picks too. And they lost a linebacker. They I mean, there's a number of players that are losing from that defense, which largely led them. There's some other players too who have you know are going to be moving on, but that that's part of it. And I know they've recruited well to a degree. It's just they've got an uphill battle because they've got a ticked off Ohio State team that is going to be hosting Michigan. Yeah, and that's more of I think the the you know 
issue behind it. I, I bet you can look it up. There's probably futures bet bet on I've that tried. game. I've tried. I want to. I, I want to reach out to somebody because I've tried to look it up, and uh, I, I don't think they have it that far ahead. It's usually later in the off season. They'll they'll Ohio put that stuff State together. Is going to whoop oh, Michigan's uh, ass yes. all over the place. <laughs> and I'm and, just going to tell y'all right now. I, I mean, that's you, just what it's going to be. Do you guys think? And I know obviously they they'll they would rework a deal. They wouldn't let it go down to the last year and then all of a sudden decide. But do you think Jim Harbaugh sees the end of this five-year deal? Because I don't. I, I think this put pressure on. And, if and you know, the way the buyouts work on the contract, they were saying it's, it's similar. not much. Yeah, it was similar. I think Ryan Day's got a similar buyout structure. What is it, $3 million to get out of the deal if he wants to go somewhere else or if they want to move on? I, I thought Harbaugh's I saw was really low, like 750000 Mm. Yeah, it might scale from. Uh, I think one year was th- uh, three million. That so it, it, maybe it's on a it, it, working on a scale. Yeah, it's a sliding scale. That. It usually works that way. It doesn't stay at the same number the entire time. It, it's a sliding scale as the you get closer to the end of the term of that contract. It's going to become less and less and less. That, that's why you'll see guys like hang on for another year because the bio was too big. Whereas they're fi- going into their final year, maybe it's not as big. It's just so odd because everybody was thinking, man, is he ever going to beat Ohio State? Ever going to beat Ohio State? Is he ever going to take Michigan to the next level? He finally does. And, and then, then the it results. He does it. The moment he the, does the it. The most awkward offseason that he's had as Michigan head coach. Like it just the whole thing's weird, man. It's like I, you don't know how to handle success, bro. Like. <laughs> You couldn't just live in the success of the season and be the guy. Like, let me mess this up. Like, let me show y'all what happens when you win the Big Ten and you beat Ohio State and you're a Michigan man. Like, yeah. I mean, he, I, I don't know. I, I don't. I, again, he's got to do what works best for him. But if if I'm if I'm everybody, I mean, if I'm the front offices of Michigan, I've already started looking for his replacement. Not because I don't like him in the initial. It's because he forced us to have to look for a replacement. They were in the midst of trying to figure out what they would do. You left a team and a school basically in flux for the amount of time that you were trying to figure out what you wanted to do. They're not going to forget that. And they already probably have their now list of who their candidates would be to take over for Jim if he left. And that's got to be working against him because now you're looking at those those candidates like, huh, maybe maybe we'd be better off with this guy, even if you have a pretty good season. Now you're entertaining it. And you it, when you could have bought yourself at least two to three more years off of beating Ohio State and winning the Big Ten this year and going into the BCS Challenge or uh, playoffs, you bought yourself at least two more years. Yeah, you get another so, so, good year after that. You you know who knows? You bought yourself the, the, to the end of the contract or a renewal. Yeah, let me give you some of the details. And again, just to reiterate, it, what it, what it did was it restored the annual compensation he was set to make before he took that pay cut in January of last year. So, for example, he was due to make four million, a little over, I think, four million this year in twenty twenty two. He'll, his his average <clears throat> per year now is at eight point three million per year. He'll make a, a little over eight million this year, so it, it almost kind of doubles from what he was supposed to make. Um, and he's going to receive over the next five years about forty two million bucks. So that's what it is. And then it, it starts out at a three million dollar buyout, where in all this is is a, a reaction to him exploring NFL opportunities. We know he said publicly he's not going to. But if and when he would want to, 
what happens is the amount would be, you know, he'd be required to reimburse them $3 million in order to do so if he left. And then that number each year decreases by 750000 over the life of the deal. So that's how it works out. I mean... This whole thing's just weird, man. Uh, but hey, look, uh, you know, I mean, uh, you know, he wanted to see what else was out there, and then he came back and said, "You don't have to worry about me uh, sniffing around an NFL job again." I just, I don't know, I, I find it hard to believe, but uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, just think, all all that you guys went through on the set of Big Noon Kickoff, uh, you know, freezing your balls off, Brady, uh, in Ann Arbor, only to have this guy turn around and almost take the Vikings job the, the very next off season. I feel bad for you guys. Like that was the first thing that came to mind. I feel bad. For the for the crew at a big noon kickoff, first thing that came to mind. And yeah, you, I appreciate that. Yeah. I don't feel bad, and, and I don't want anyone to feel bad for us. So I'm, I'm not sure why you feel bad. You for had us. to wear long johns on on national television. I don't mind wearing long johns. You know, I grew up wearing long johns. Right. It kind of I, I always say this, man. Whenever I go back to cold weather, and especially around football, it takes me back to my childhood. Like I get excited. You know, I I loved it. That atmosphere was one of the coolest, most scenic things ever. And, and the crazy thing, and this is what I wonder will, how it will be this year. Like, I remember being in Ann Arbor a couple of years before this past you know, rivalry or this past matchup, and it felt different. It was like when Ohio State came on the field, everyone in Michigan was like, oh, crap, <laughs> we got to play those guys? It just had a completely different feel to it. And then fast forward to this past game, Ohio State came out, and everyone in Michigan was like, so what? Who cares? Like, they, I don't know if they were just so ticked off about how everything has been, and it was just built up to this point. If it was the confidence they had in the group that they had, maybe it was the lack of confidence or fear in what they saw from Ohio State that entire season. Whatever the case was, and especially once the snow started to build, they sat there, that fan base, their sidelines, because we were on Michigan sidelines where our set was, those dudes could have cared less. <laughs> they just looked across like, what, that's all you got? That's, that's, that's all it is? Okay, cool. Like, this is all playing in our hands. I wonder if they're going to have that same demeanor this season because all those key pieces are moving on, and I think it's hard to be able to replicate what they did this past year. Uh, that was phenomenal television. Uh, that One of the better watches all season long was that Michigan-Ohio State game, and uh, you guys did a fantastic job. So, uh, so cr- credit to you, man, Long Johns or not. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. 